0: you're listening to a podcast from the media motel coming up this week in episode 434 the big two-way quiz continues we return to the controversial world of immersive theater and
1: it's different for girls women footballers and red cards that's all coming up after sniffing the tears and driver's seat Another band that chose a stupid name that probably affected their career. Uh, who really would have a poster with "Sniff and the tears on their wall as a teenager? It's Prefab Sprout and Toad the Wet Sprocket Syndrome all over again. Um, yes, indeed.
0: Oh, or Murray the Hump, who we were a, a much-tipped indeed. band from the yes. NME in the late 90s, early 2000s.
1: Who would put you know it's, it's, these names? They probably sound funny in a pub at um, you know eleven o'clock at night, mm. but that when you know when they're on record sleeves and posters, they're not so funny. So, but nonetheless, a terrific one-hit wonder from nineteen seventy-nine, number fifteen on the Billboard Hot One Hundred, number forty-two in the UK. The absurdly named Sniffin' the Tears and mm. Driver's Seat. That's a bit of yacht rock, George. Uh, nice, yeah. Um, Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 434. I'm Terence Dackham and with exciting news about her return to national radio, it's Juliet Harris
0: hello yeah i mean i feel that that rather underplays the role of this podcast really and how good it is and how much people like it so so stop stop doing yourself down so terence but yes very excited to be returning to radio 2 next saturday the 21st of december uh where I uh, will we'll be participating in the sort of couch potatoes clash of the titans runoff between myself and my fellow hall of famer cliff who, who i played in my last game and then he went on to get into the hall of fame in his own right um so the two of us have been pitched against each other the uh shock twist being it will be live in the studio so i'm very much looking forward to uh, meeting the man the legend rylan himself in person that will be very fun sure. and say saying hello to all of his team who are all very kind to me throughout my run so so i'm really looking forward just to uh to having a bit of a laugh and uh ooing and ahhing at a posh desk i think as well that's also going to mm. be a nice thing but until then i very much remain a committed <laughs> and integral part of the uh, paris council podcast so hello everyone
1: well, now to the, the the opening feature that has become a sensation throughout the globe, mm. um, it's the big two-way quiz. Uh, the best bit is where I set up a quiz for you, the listener. and yes, you, that's the Ju- Yes,
0: that's your favourite bit, isn't yes,
1: it? Yes, really? set it up for you, the listener, and you, the Juliet Harris. Yes, it is. The worst bit is when I get a quiz coming back <laughs> in my direction and I make a complete idiot of myself. Now... Listeners and Juliet, you may vaguely remember a musical called Five Guys Named Mo. Luckily, this quiz has got nothing to do with that, but I'm looking for five guys named Dave. I'm going to play you five clips of music in 30 seconds, and each relates to a Dave or a David. Excellent. Might be a solo artist, might be a prominent member of a band. Um, uh, One point for each Dave, and one very well-earned point if you can identify the song from the sort of six-second Um, Okay, I am
0: am having palpitations, but by all means, go ahead.
1: The first one is dead easy to get you started.
0: Well done. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And then it progresses um, to a little bit more difficult. I think I think you'll be all right with this. Um,
0: the usual minimum minimum score is six, isn't it, out of ten? So I suppose so. But or, yeah.
1: to try and get the songs from these um, snips, I, I might be a bit more generous than that. We'll see it's how that we'll is.
0: What it is, we are approaching the season of what is allegedly meant to be goodwill. So. so let's see.
1: Five guys named
0: Dave.
2: kinda of strange like a stormy sea look into the tire make my way back once never fire
1: so you the listener being represented here by the Juliet Harris mm. Let's find...
0: How, are you confident? I think I've got a few. I don't think I've got them all, but I think I've got a few. Okay. So I think the first one was David Bowie, Ashes to Ashes. Superb. Good start. Uh, the next one is uh, David Gilmore of Pink Floyd and Dark Side of the Moon. Comfortably numb. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay, fair enough. Um, The third one... I don't really know. It sounded like The New Rose by The Damned, but I could be it wrong. It is. Ah, oh, excellent. The that the is good news. The first
1: single to hit the charts. So who's the um singer in The Damned?
0: Oh, um... It's obviously
1: a Dave. Um, I'm going to give you a point for New Rose anyway. I may be generous with The Damned.
0: I David, mean, I feel I should, but Dave I think it should be- Ah, oh, okay, fair enough. That's fine. Yeah, okay, fair enough. The next one is The Foo Fighters, a.k.a. David Grohl and Learn to Fly. And I thought you might have difficulty with the last one because it's way before your time. Is it... Is the band Slade? No, it's way
1: back before that. It's 1960s. And oh, right, the, I don't know. Um, the band had the guy, the, the Dave's name in it, and he was the drummer.
0: Oh, is it the Dave Clark Five?
1: It is, and it was... Bits and pieces.
0: Ah, I would not have known the song. So, Thank you for the clue on the Dave Clark Five.
1: Bowie and Ashes to Ashes. You have got Gilmore. That's three. New Rose, Four. Grohl and Learn to Fly. Six. So you 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 won anyway. And then with Hooray. a bit of help, you got Dave Clark. Tell you what about Dave Dave Clark? Mm. Um, I I see. I've seen him occasionally walking through Soho. He must live um, in the area. I think. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But, I mean, you're very lucky. You'll never need to do this, being a um, you know very 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 um, presentable woman. But he's had plastic surgery, okay? Has well, he?
0: Yeah. that's rather surprising. But carry now on.
1: the trouble is, he had cheek implants, and then not long afterwards, he went on a sunbed, and oh the cheek implants melted. Have they melted? And they crystallised. Oh and no! Crystals, how, how
0: do you know this? I presume you have a source on this. I,
1: I have a source. I have a source on this. Yeah. And actually, you've only got to Google um, recent images of Dave Clark, oh, and you'll see yes. what well, I mean. I mean, it and it can't be fixed because these the crystals have spread all around his lower face. Oh and my so, gosh! It's not good. So either well i would say don't have don't have work done and if you do don't go, don't under go a sun on bed. a sunbed
0: absolutely uh, who knew yeah, this is yeah. life advice from the podcast i week.
1: saw him about a year ago around this t- time of year actually in so and i thought is that
0: dave clark
1: and then you know when i went to where i was going i saw sort of google imaged and then i realized um, what had happened
0: yeah i have just had a look and i see what you mean he yeah it's really not ideal yes.
1: so well done you won the quiz now the moment i dread which is over to you
0: julia well i will try and guide you through this i mean considering you didn't even let me have the damned i'm not sure how generous i'm feeling this week
1: if you didn't needed it i would have given it to you but fair you, enough. You, you got seven points without okay a fair
0: enough all right that's fine in which case then i will help continue my uh, my gentle guiding of you through the 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 journey of a song so the usual thing um five singers singing mm. the same song we will be treated to a multiple voice rendition of i will always love you this week um so So uh, preparatory notes for you You'll hear five voices Um, You will hear the most famous Arguably the most famous version at the beginning You will hear the author of the song At the end and then if you need any more Clues afterwards we can have a bit of a negotiation So let me see if I can play to you My super The super Juliet Harris multi-artist Mega mix (laughs) of I will always Love you If
2: I Should Stay,
3: I would only be in your way.
2: So I'll go, but I know
3: I'll think of you, step of the way.
0: So, wait, I, oh, oh. but let's start. So, so what's the who's who did the first one? Well, I,
1: th- I'm hoping the first one is um, the sort of hit version of it by Whitney Houston.
0: Yes, that is that is the oh. most. So that is one. Number two, um, perhaps. Do you have any ideas on number two? No. Perhaps- more famous for musical singing and also latterly radio presenting
1: is he English
0: yeah, oh gosh, presents on the
1: it's is... not right, Ry... it's
0: not Ryland it's a colleague of Ryland's on radio two yes,
1: a man on radio two Uh, Paul Jones.
0: No, the correct answer up. is Michael Ball.
1: Oh, Michael Ball. Yes, yes, it was a bit middle of the roadie. Yes, yes
0: it, is, it is. So so it's not a huge surprise. <sighs> number three, sick. the nice country and western-esque tones of number three. Do we know who that was? No,
1: not a clue, no.
0: Um, I can see if I can give you a clue. Um, she is from Tuscon, Arizona, and she is also perhaps known for her work with Aaron, Aaron Neville.
1: Oh God, who did that duet with Aaron Neville? Oh no, I can't remember. This is why I'm hopeless at these.
0: I uh, see. My my favorite, my favorite version, Linda Rodstadt.
1: Oh, Linda Rodstadt. Okay. All right. Uh, right. Number
0: four. Do we know whose country and western version? Number four, famous for duetting with number five. Oh, that yeah, oh, Kenny Rogers. Correct. Yes. So that's oh. Kenny Rogers on number four, and uh, from a from a compilation that was originally advertised only on television. Interestingly. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, Number five.
1: Uh, Dolly, pardon
0: correct so you got your oh, three out of five and lived another day. it could it could have been worse i could have subjected you to rick waller aka the rather oh, oversized former winner of pop idol did a version as well which uh fortunately sank without trace uh the, 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 the difficulty with i will always love you which is a lovely song is it, mm. it is difficult to find wildly different versions whereas i could with satisfaction and with yesterday that's a song that because it's oh, reasonably upbeat you can do lots Lots of different things to it. The incredible bongo band did not do a version of I Will Love You Always Love You. Sure. I- to inform you. But we will we'll return to a slightly easier version and a Christmas theme next oh, week. Good.
1: I was just saying my defence, although I'm hopeless at these quizzes, both Michael Ball well, Michael Ball in particular, don't think he's got a particularly distinctive voice. No, got a good uh, voice, but you wouldn't yeah. hear anywhere and think, Oh, that's, Michael, that's Ball. Michael
0: Ball. No, I just thought it was it was just an interesting but then oh, mind you, you are the man that unexpectedly identified oh, Mar- Marianne Faithful just... and Jotis Redding. So I've never peak gonna...
1: those moments.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know I feel, I feel you've, made, you've given a good account of yourself in difficult circumstances, like so many people have this week. Oh
1: Coming next, um, we return to the world of immersive theatre that's right after Wish Slim and Damon Albarn. Ah!
0: really like that song. I've always been a bit of a a fan of of Fat Boy Slim Um, and this came from an album which is I always think a little bit well uh, sort of much maligned I'm not sure it did that well commercially um, it was his album Palookaville which came out in 2004 on Skint it's the one with the blue and orange cover on a beach with some people carrying a surfboard um, it had several singles from it including slash dot, slash dot Dash, which is a rather frenetic Tarantino-esque thing that you might remember that this wasn't released as a single but I think the vocal on it by Damon Albarn is, is really lovely I think and uh also it sums up a little bit how some of us might be feeling this week so that was fat boy slim featuring damon albarn and put it back together
1: here's a controversial view perhaps Mm. damon albarn's best vocal performance ever
0: oh i think think it is exceptionally good but um but yeah no that's interesting that's interesting times i i like it very much it's certainly up there for me
1: a couple of months ago, we spoke about immersive theatre, and I expressed my dislike for the whole business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As you do with <laughs> so many again. subjects, it has to be it, said.
1: Indeed, uh, playing in character there, of course. Um, I argued that if I'm I'm paying to go to a gig or a football match or or the theatre, I expect to be entertained. I don't expect to be part of the entertainment. Mm. Um, in green, indeed, so great is my alarm at being immersed in immersive theatre. Um, that when a woman exceedingly close to me um, bought us theatre tickets for Christmas last year, um, as we were heading on the M4 towards London, um, she mentioned in passing that it was an immersive production and I almost tried to do a U-turn on the motorway. So great was my distress.
0: Which would been a totally proportional reaction,
1: obviously. <laughs> now, when we talked about uh, this, this subject a couple of months ago, you revealed that not only did you have a different point of view, which is just ridiculous.
0: Say, we don't live in the kind of world where people have different <laughs> points of view at the moment. Really, you should be posting poo to my house just for that very fact. But anyway, carry on. But um, yeah, no, you were actually volunteering having made a conscious decision of your oh.
1: own free will to attend and take part in an immersive theatre experience. And I believe this has now happened in the last week. So, um, no, tell me, Jules, are you now in therapy following your experience of immersive theatre
0: I mean, to be honest, there have been events that have been occurring since which are far more likely to push me to therapy, I must admit. But um, no, very much, um, very, very much not the case. Very much enjoyed this. So I went to, the, attended this thing a week or two ago. Feels, feels like, since, since events earlier this week, it feels like much longer ago than it actually was. But anyway, we went to this thing. I went to some friends of mine, one of whom had been before and said that she thought we would enjoy it. So we went along. Um, the production was uh, put on an organisation called the collab factory in borough um the parabolic were the name of the theater company that did it um we were the, the production was called crisis what crisis and i'll read the um the uh sort of uh the the the, the, the pricey to you and it's helpful to think of this as more of a role-playing game than it is a, a, oh, a, okay. an, a sort of a, a, a kind of an immersive everyone clap along type thing it's it's more of a you know what i mean it's, okay, it's more yeah. of a um, of a 3d board game so this describes itself an interactive theater performance that takes the audience back to 1979 when britain was on the blink of political claps for the second time in a decade is coming to the collab factory this is a preview parabolic theater's live action board game crisis what crisis puts audiences firmly in the driving seat and The mechanics of the production means that the participants' decision alters every show so no two are the same. So what happened was we were all sent a letter from James Callaghan via email the day before... Thanking us very much for agreeing to uh, to help advise the government in such a difficult time, and we're given instructions to the first floor of a disused office block mm-hmm. in uh, in Borough, which was about ten minutes from the tube. So we walked along, and we had to buzz in via the intercom using the wording, "I'm here for the crisis meeting." Mm-hmm. Um, we then went upstairs, and were met by a woman called Karen, who said to me, "Ah, oh, yes, you're from uh, you're from the, the the Department of Ministry of Defence, aren't you?" When I said Yes, I am. Because that's what you have to do with this. You just go with it. So You I went, stay in character. Yeah, you say, yeah, but even if you don't know what your character is, which right. we did at this point. So I went, yes, I am. And she said to my friend Laura, you're from the Foreign Office, aren't you? She went, yeah, I am. And then I think the other, Emma, was from. I it was from home or something like that. But anyway, we were given our little membership cards, which I still have. I may post a picture. Our clause for Labour Party membership <laughs> cards were given to us, and we wrote our names on them and signed in with Karen, the civil servant who was in charge, and looked around the room, which had a chill out area with a 1970s TV playing footage of Margaret Thatcher on it. Um, they had a, a bar with a very friendly barman, uh, somewhere we could hang our coats, um, banks of, of plastic phones a fax machine all sorts of things the whole office was dressed up in 70s gear we had been encouraged to come in 70s office clothing indeed all of the uh, actors in the play were all dressed in 70s clothing and then basically we all had to the, the main tasks were to try and win the confidence vote so to try and ring recalcitrant MPs we were given briefing notes so i would dial so so if you wanted to speak to people on the phone you would pick up a plastic phone you would dial into the switchboard which was three of the actors sat next door in a room and say oh, can i speak to Ken Clark, for example, please. And they'd go, okay, we'll put you through to Ken Clark's office. And then one of the actors playing Ken Clark would speak to you, and you'd have to persuade him to abstain, or if it was a Labour MP, to still vote for you. There was a corner which was managing civil disobedience. <laughs> so there were different clocks on the wall showing how bad certain areas were, I did have to tease my friend because she, at the beginning when we looked at the wall she went oh these are fictional, Felix not a real place, yes oh, sure. it is and you okay. need to get out of London more is what I said to her and yeah. she did quite well actually given how obnoxious I was but anyway so they were doing all, so there were people managing civil disobedience the game started with several of us having to negotiate with a union leader about whether or not to give them a pay rise, the lorry drivers union at which point as we just negotiated a pay rise we were all told to run over to the television at which point there was a news broadcast saying that the imf had vetoed our pay deal because it was it, it it pins at which point the immersive theater aspect kicked in and the head of our the our sort of boss and this union reader had a massive row in front of everybody and we then had to decide whether or not to renegotiate the deal and in the means there were some people at the treasury and they were having a, a, a working out sort of what economic measures to announce and there was the press office and we were on the phone to MPs um the the, it was just phenomenal I cannot believe the level of detail that it went into to the point where we were told halfway through we had to select two different advisors that would come in to to help us so we Mm. spent the room and we were given each side of the room was given three CVs to pick someone we found out afterwards that those three parts there were three male parts and three female parts and every so there were two actors playing all six of those roles so, right. so had three different roles that he'd had to uh, learn mm. and the girl had three different roles she had to earn, learn and then when we um, when we uh, told them who they were they then had to get ready then they rang in and we let them in so there was a peace <laughs> call and we, we chose and a sort of a smoothie sort of suited kind of negotiator um, we were able to send faxes we could send a fax to an MP for example and then when I re- would ring them up they would refer to the fax that we'd send them the fax machine worked. It spat out in the other room. and uh and the whole thing was just the way in which it worked was was just phenomenal the i think the the peak at which I realized how good it was was um was when that people had to go on l b c and we all stood around the late radio and listened to them being interviewed um there was a, a what appeared to be a makeshift television studio next door, and three people were asked if they could go and speak to Robin Day, and there was someone dressed up as Robin Day next door, and so we sent these three people in and um and we were then told to gather around the television. Then, as we watched television, we saw our colleagues, um, and it'll be filtered to make it look a bit mm. fuzzy, coming in from the studio next door being interviewed. the, the, the whole thing was just phenomenal. It was <laughs> it was such a fun. If you like, I, I get that mm. this is very appealing to a very specific group of people, mm. but. I really, I just thought it was, it was, great. if you're that kind of nerdy, we enjoyed the fact that there seemed to be an entire family of parents, their daughter and the daughter's boyfriend, they're on a sort of family outing, which we thought was excellent. But um, about 25 of us, I would say, in the room, 25 to 30. And so, it was enough to kind of make it interesting, but it wasn't too many to make it overwhelming. Um, and about sort of eight or nine kind of actors and actresses. And of course, the, the the level, I mean, it might, the only thing I worried about it was that it might not be so fun slash funny to people that lived through the 70s, because of course, one of the plot lines was mm. the fact that we um, we had a, telephone call that was an ira bomb threat that we managed to get through to the home office in time so when we had to listen to the results at the end on the radio um it would then say Mm. they said oh we won the confidence vote and by the way police have diffused an ira bomb at waterloo so i can understand why if you were older and had lived through that time that might not be so sort of chintzy and appealing so i do i do get that that there are aspects to it that might be problematic but we really really enjoyed it it was it was it was not so much an immersive theater and a kind of a cringing the fact that you were actually doing tasks meant that you were in it it was a game you were playing and you were in it and if you're able to if you're able to sort of shake off your everyday life we were told if you have one of those newfangled mobile phone things could you switch them off please so we did Mm -hmm. unfortunately when inflation went up at one point which it did 20 percent, rather unfortunately we did try not to take too much notice of that but um we unfortunately the prices at the bar went up very briefly which wasn't great but um we we thought it was great we really really enjoyed it Mm, and the, the bloke that came to mop out the toilets halfway through, which were authentically grim, it has to be said, turned mm. out to be the director and writer of it. So, <laughs> so uh, no, it was it was wonderful. I would totally recommend it. Um, they do different productions, and they may bring it back in some form at some point in the future. But it, uh,
1: in in the middle mid 1970s, I was in a meeting in the boardroom of the then Chrysalis Records in mm. Oxford Street. When um, one of those IRA bombs went off um, in round the corner on Bond Street, mm. um, it, it had been put in a post box, a pillar right. box, rather, I should say. And um, we were saved. All the windows came in, but wow. we were saved because... Um, the curtains had been drawn over because it was a winter. It was in the middle of winter Mm-hmm-hmm. and the, it was getting dark and the curtains had all been pulled over and um, the the windows completely came in. Had it not been for the curtains, I may not be here with you today. Um, so um, I, when you said people who lived through the, that era, yes. I remember which one. No, hard though it is for me to accept, but it seems this trend of immersive theatre is growing. I, I, I saw that next year... In 2020, opening mm. in the West End in London, Doctor Who Time Fracture, an yeah. immersive adventure in which you join Doctor Who apparently to save humankind before it's too late. I don't know if Greater Thunberg is uh, going to be in that, but, um, you know, it, it is growing. Of course, some people being what some people are like, there are potential problems. Um, the, the trade newspaper, The Stage, uh, for the uh, acting yeah, yeah. professions, reported recently about potential problems where members of the audience and actors... Um, <laughs> when they mix their mm. and their roles and become interactive, there was there was an immersive uh, production of The Great Gatsby in London this year, which had to bump up security um, for performers because some audience members became over uh, overinvolved, uh, shall we say. So I think boundaries need to be made very clear for for, for immersive theatre to succeed. Mm. But its popularity certainly is continuing to Absolutely. grow. Absolutely. Now coming up, um, are women nicer than men? Um, (laughs) I
0: couldn't possibly comment. I'm not
1: nicer (laughs) than you. What about when playing football? Um, That's next after this lovely track as suggested by listener David Wright. Mm. It's from Fountains of Wayne. Hey,
2: sweet Annie, don't take it so. Coming soon Though the interstate Is choking under Salt and dirty sand And it seems the sun is Hiding from the moon Your daddy told you When you were a girl The kind of things That come to those who wait So give it a rest Girl, take a deep Breath, girl Meet me at the base deck tonight. And the snow is. This winter made its way From Staten Island To the Upper West Side Widen out our streets along the way And the snow is coming down On our new England town And it's been falling all day long But it's just now song I wrote for you.
1: a lovely song uh, that really conjures up the feel of winter in new england for me certainly uh, many thanks to david wright for <laughs> reminding us of this track uh, from the 2003 album welcome interstate managers fountains of Wayne, and valley winter song
0: yeah that is that we always have good quality listener suggestions and that is yet another i liked that very much
1: a few weeks back, I went to Stamford Bridge to watch Chelsea women's team take on the women of Tottenham in the women's Premier League. Mm. And it was a biggish crowd. We were, we were in hospitality. It was a warm day. What's not to like? Um, it's hard to pin down exactly, but there was a sort of, se- a, a sort of urgency missing. A, 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 a sense of passion was missing. Mm. The quality of the football was okay, but the, the game did feel a little flat. Now, is it that the women's football is nicer than the men's game, certainly at Stamford Bridge, there was also there was there was almost no anger shown by the players, no histrionics, no swearing that I could hear, and that's almost certainly a good thing. But it mm. do, does it mean that the women's game is somehow softer? The online magazine The Athletic has been pondering all this, and Jules, you've been following this story.
0: Yeah, I've been interested in this because, like you say, that it is it is something that's worth considering. And so, um, looking at looking at the story, um, this story rotates around the idea that there was a um, that, uh, that there, there was a, a sort of a poor quality tackle in a show recent in a in a game recently. Okay. So I'm still stuck on a immersive, immersive theatre. <laughs> um, so the headline of this athletic article is: "Is she didn't mean it, ladies? Ladies, calm down. Why are there so few red cards in football?" so when Sarah Dawson made a challenge on Beth Mead in the first half of the match between England and Germany at Wembley on Saturday whenever it was it was badly timed it was high and it was dangerous Mead had prodded the ball away from the Germany defender when Dawson's boot caught her above the shin and ploughed into the Arsenal striker's standing leg causing the England player to collapse onto the ground in agony it was a nailed on red card but the referee Stephanie Frappert showed her a yellow Um, it was an all too familiar sight for those who follow the women's game with dangerous tackles not being punished severely enough. This extends from the very top of the professional game to grassroots level. So, why is it so hard for a player in the women's game to receive a red card? Um, there's, there's lots of different sort of st- incidents that follow here where there are sort of challenges that leave people with broken legs. And the reason someone has said here wanting to remain anonymous i do think it takes a lot to get a red card i think for some reason the referees in the women's game are more likely to book or send a player off for something like dissent or swear it they can't be undermined or questioned rather than a physical reason like a ta- tackle or violent conduct um apparently they they um uh, they they uh, uh, someone else complaining about the fact that she had a full stub print on her shin after being stamped on in their last game and it was right in front of the referee but the referee didn't even book the player mm. the idea that referees say things like ladies ladies calm down so not <laughs> david not style. yes quite and she didn't mean it you know that mm. kind of attitude mm. whether or not it comes to the fact that that women are I'm not sure if it's about women being nicer than men, but one thing I noticed very early on in the women's game, because I've been watching it sort of a decade or so, is that there was very little in the way of diving and simulation compared, compared to the men's game. And there still isn't very much, actually. There's a bit more than there was, but there isn't. Which, generally speaking, women don't tend to hit the deck unless they're really injured, by and large. Mm. But that was my my kind of... which might tap into the idea of women being kind of doughtier generally, I don't know. So I, I don't know if women are nicer than men. I think people have different personalities and perhaps it's not always helpful to make some of those characteristics completely gendered. But it is interesting the idea that perhaps women have more of a habit of getting on with things and trying to work together which means that perhaps i don't know perhaps perhaps then they they then they're, they're either less likely to kick each other over or if they do perhaps they're more likely to brush it off
1: in life generally i don't believe i'm being in any way misogynistic to suggest that women are often Mostly um, calmer and more balanced than men. Mm-hmm. That might been my experience. I know it's an yes, incredible that's, generalisation. Testosterone
0: that's right, rushing about, which I think uh, has exactly.
1: In. I justify it by saying um, that you know these are great attributes and to be admired and aspired to. Yes. Um, I think it's also possible to say. Um, that there would be fewer wars in the world if more women were in charge of nations. Mrs. Thatcher might have uh, disagreed with that, but yes. I, you know, think in, in more general terms, that's certainly true. I think women are, are, are far less, um, at, you know, antagonistic in the sort of macho. With, with Trump unfortunately Obama.
0: the um, which rather unfortunately the uh, the exception to that rule at the moment being unfortunately uh, Anna Sanke and the uh, the terrible genocide that's going on in Myanmar with the, was Burma with the Rohingya. That is my. Biggest disappointment of recent years: the peace campaign yeah. had turned uh, turned rather darker, I think. But no, I otherwise agree with you that that women, I I do think that women are less rush headed. I think you're right yeah
1: i i think it would be a shame if women's football became so hyped up and if massive sums of money were at stake as in the higher echelons of the men's game Mm. and it it led to a duplication of the worst element of men's football the sort of simulation and the uh, i think the word we used earlier histrionics i think that that would be a, a terrible shame um but you know that that sort of generalization about the difference in the genders does mean really perhaps we do have to accept that if you go to watch uh women's football don't expect it to be the same as men's football it's a Mm. you know it's a different world altogether agreed Well, thanks very much for listening. We've got one more episode before our Christmas break. Mm, Absolutely. When
0: we go and get put, we get put back into our boxes with bagpuss for a couple of
1: weeks. (laughs) Thanks to Rona and Hilly as well. Mm. And to our closing track, Jules.
0: Mm, indeed yes this is our uh, this is our closing track this week mm. i was terribly terribly sorry yeah. to hear of the death of marie frederickson who really was not very old um uh, uh, after an illness um mm. within the last week or so um rock set were the just just the most ruthlessly efficient pop band i yes. think of the 80s yes. and the 90s they are inarguably great simply because even if you don't like that particular style of music they had a style which you just cannot argue with it it's so relentless not in a thrash metal sense but just it is it's a bit like sort of titanic pop in the style of shake it off by taylor swift where that whole album Mm -hmm. uh when you're listening to it you just think the 1989 album you think yep this is good can't argue with that it's just it's it's inarguably brilliant and i and i've chosen this track particularly because i think it is it is terrific and i am so sorry that she's passed away at 61 which is no age at all so uh it has given me a I don't know why I feel like I need an excuse to listen to out. I need to get over myself because they are genuinely really great. So I'm going to play this. Uh, this is The Look. Walking like a man, hitting
2: like a hammer, she's a juvenile scam. Never was a quiller, tasted like a raincloth. She's got the look. A heavenly bomb, because heaven's got a number when she's spinning me around. Kissing is a color lovin' is a white dog. She's got the look. She's got the look. She's got the look. What in the world can make
3: She goes.